Altoff Merchant's dedication to pickleball is amazing, so it's no wonder he has spent plenty of time on the podium in professional events. In the interview, he walks through the things he does to make sure he's at the top of his game. Near the end of the discussion, he talks about his really amazing daily schedule, so it ensures a balance between family, work, and pickleball. Let's get to the intro to hear more. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, Altaf Merchant. Welcome, Altaf. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Great to have you on today. And uh, where are you joining me from today? I'm joining you from, I'm sitting in, on top of a garage in Owensboro, Kentucky. So I have had a home office on top of my garage for about eight years now. And that's where that's where I am today. Well, awesome. I, I know we're going to get into talking about some of the many things that you do in the Owensboro community for pickleball. But first, I want to talk to you about really your background in pickleball. I know you are you know, a professional pickleball player, but I know you do many different things. But tell me a little bit about how you first got started in pickleball and how long ago that was? Sure. Well, let me clarify something. I won, you know, a few dollars here and there playing pickleball, you know, 50 bucks here, 80 bucks there, you know, fifth place, sixth place. So I am, I'm far from a professional. There's some guys out there that are true professionals. They do this for a living and they teach, they do this for a living. I'm more of a ambassador to pickleball and Occasionally, I have a, a partner of mine carries me to the podium and I win a few dollars. So, but there's some real professionals out there. I'm just a, I'm just a journeyman that has a good time on the weekend, giving the, the professionals a hard time when I play them. But I started to play pickleball probably somewhere around 2017 at a local health club in Owensboro. And this is, you know, one of these big health clubs that has you know, your basketball courts and, you know, 24-hour classes and all kinds of stuff. And they had pickleball over there. And I showed up to play and I was playing with a wooden paddle that had a string at the bottom. And I was playing with Beth and, you know, Beth and I were married and we were playing and uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Played a couple of times, absolutely loved it. And, um, you know, and I had, of course I had a tennis background. I played, uh, you know, tennis in India. I, I represented India in the Orange Bowl in 1991. And I've been a national champion twice in India, won the Masters twice. So I had a, a tennis background. So pickleball w- 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 was fairly easy for me, but it, the, the easy part was I was playing tennis on the pickleball court. So I didn't know anything about, you know, dinking and third shot drops. And, you know, I was stepping in into the kitchen every time when I hit my volley. So, but I just had a lot of fun and, 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 uh, and, I, and I truly, truly enjoyed it. And it was probably four or five shots into playing pickleball that I go, I love this sport. So it, it, it was an instant, instant love. You know, that's that's pretty quick, especially for a, a tennis player. But I, I did want to ask you about, you know, coming from India and, you know, tell me a little bit about your journey to the States and, you know, how, how you got here. And I assume it was from, you know, playing, playing tennis, right? Sure. So in, in 1991, I was part of the Indian national team. And, you know, I spent all of 1990 traveling, playing the ATP tour. And it was the most exhilarating experience of my life. And it was the most demoralizing and frustrating experience of my life. And you got to remember, you know, you're, you're playing in India, you're like national champion, master's champion. I mean, it's like, you know, every single tournament you're on the podium, 
every single time, right? And then all of a sudden you go out and play on this world stage and you're like, man, I got to the second round. <laughs> you're like excited about winning a match and you're playing the qualifying draw and you're, you're like looking around and you're like, wait a minute, those guys get free accommodations and I got to, you know, share a room with, you know, eight other people and I got to win six matches just to get into the main draw to get a free room. And it was like, wait a minute, you know, it's like you wake up one morning and realize there's no Santa Claus, right? And I go, and, and so every, you know, so it was really fun competing. I love to compete, but I was like, wow, I am not going to be a professional tennis player. I'm not going to be top hundred in the world. I could be a rock star in India, but that's about it. And so I left the tour and I came home and was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I got a call from a friend of mine and he said, hey, listen, I heard you back home. And I'm in, in the United States playing college tennis. Do you want to play college tennis? And I go, you know, my mom just told me that a bunch of these colleges have sent letters to me. And there are a bunch of letters lying in my bedroom that I haven't even opened. And should I, what do I do? Do I like reply to one of them? Do I call one of them? Of course, we didn't have, you know, cell phones or FaceTime or any of that stuff. I don't even think we had email at that time. And I go, and he goes, well, you know, you can look through those letters and, 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 and decide. Or I can talk to my coach and he can call you. And I go, you know what? Let's just do that. Just have your coach call me. And it was at Southern Illinois University at Carbondale. Coach called me that night. and He was totally surprised that I was even interested in his college. And uh, he goes, school starts in August. And this is mid-June. I go, all right. Like, where do I fly into? And he goes, well, you know, you got to take this thing called the SATs. And then you got to take this other thing. And you got to take all these tests. And I go, okay. Like, you know, let me know what test I got to take. I'll go take it. And so I took these tests, came to America six weeks later, had no idea what I was doing, showed up to play college tennis. And that's my story. Well, that that is a good one and, and quite a journey. And, and, you know, it's really interesting because you talk about, you know, playing on the ATP tour in 1990 and it being frustrating and invigorating. But it sounds like your pickleball experience has been really quite different than that, hasn't it? Yeah, pickleball... You know, Matt Wright and I, Matt Wright always you know, tells me, he goes, if you played a good, high-quality high tennis, you're a 5-0 on the first day. So pickleball, I started to play, you know, so I played, I played a couple times in Owensboro. And then I went to Nashville. And Beth and I were in Nashville. And she Googled pickleball Nashville or pick, places to play pickleball. And we show up to this open play on a Thursday night. And Nashville is about two hours from home, from Owensboro. We show up on a Thursday night with wooden paddles with a string on it, and we try to get into this game. And I don't know any of these people, but you know, Nicole Hobson, Rick Hobson, Taylor Crabtree, Ollie Strecker, they're all playing in this game. Every one of them has played the US Open. Uh, heck, I think Ollie won a medal that year at the Open. And we show up and uh, we're like, hey, we want to play pickleball. And I'm like, you know, and they're like, well, this is kind of. Uh, you know, they're being very nice, but they want to let us know that this is a you know pretty high-level game. So I am doing my single best salesman job to get in the game. Like, dude, I played college tennis. I did this. I beat Leander Pace on clay code. I did this. Finally, they let us in the game. And about five minutes in, Nicole Hobson comes to me and says, I think you'll do a whole lot better with this paddle. And she gives me a regular, you know, engaged paddle. And next thing you know, I split sets with Ollie. And when I'm walking off the court, Rick tells me, he goes, you know, that guy won a medal at the U.S. Open this year. And uh, anyway, that night, you know, we all took, we took, we took pictures and, uh, and then they posted on Facebook. And anyway, that night I got a phone call from a buddy of mine 
Jack Oxler, who had played college tennis with me. And he goes, hey, I just saw you on Facebook playing pickleball. And I go, well, you know, he goes, no, that guy that you were playing with, Ollie Strecker, uh, Matt Wright and I played him at the U.S. Open. And I go, you played the U.S. Open? He goes, yeah, I just quit my job teaching tennis to start playing, to start working in this place called Chicken and Pickle. And I go, really? I said, I didn't even know there's a U.S. Open of pickleball till like three hours ago. And now you quit your job with tennis to do this? And he goes, man, this thing is taking off. It's going to be huge. And so a couple weeks later, Beth and I drove to Kansas City to Chicken and Pickle. And when we left there, I go, this thing is for real. And so I came back to town, uh, tried to figure out pickleball in the area close to me. And Brian Pointer, who won the national championship a couple of years ago with Dave Weinbach in the seniors, I reached out to him and he goes, hey, if you really want to play pickleball, you and I need to go to Indianapolis and play with this guy called Rick Witzkin. And I go, I know his brother, Todd Witzkin. I knew Todd back in the, uh, you know, in the 90s from tennis. So we call Rick, we show up to play with Rick. And, you know, probably two, so two months after getting introduced to pickleball, I had played in Nashville, Kansas City, Indianapolis, Owensboro, Evansville, and St. Louis on my way back from Kansas City. And I go, this thing is really taking off. And everybody's like, man, you should play these tournaments. You're pretty good. And so the following year, Brian Pointer and I played our first U.S. Open, our first Nationals. I played like 16 or 17 tournaments. And right away, you know, we were getting on the podium, winning a lot of goals in, in 5-0. And before you know it, the Badger invited me up to Wisconsin to train. And I go, I've arrived, Glenn. This is it. <laughs> the Badger called me to play pickleball with him. I love it. I love it. I, I That's amazing. <laughs> That's my story. So a lot, I, 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 a lot more success in pickleball in six months than an entire career of tennis. How about that? <laughs> pretty, pretty crazy. But you know, it, it says a, it says a lot for the sport. I mean, talk a little bit about you know some of the friendships and the people who you know really helped you along the way. Lynn, yeah, you know, the coolest thing about pickleball is it's so welcoming, right? People just open their arms and welcome you everywhere you go. I mean, I, there, not a week goes by that I don't get a phone call from somebody that says, hey, I'm driving through Kentucky. Can I do open play? Or what's going on? I need to play. And the first thing that goes through your head is like, oh, man, you know, I don't want to disappoint this guy. As opposed to saying, hey, everybody's too busy. I'm going to hang up on you. But your first thing, you're like, I don't want to disappoint him. I want to make sure he's a great experience in my town playing pickleball which is so different than a lot of things you do. All the times when people just call you out of the blue to do something, you're always like, do I really have to do this? But, you know, pickleball is always like, I want to make sure he has a great time in my town. And so that's, that's, that's a different mindset. And, the, you know, I have, I know a lot of people in pickleball, and I'm probably going to get into trouble for saying this. I know a lot of people in pickleball. A lot of people, I think not doing it for a living is advantageous for a person like me because a lot of the players will bounce stuff off me because they know that I'm going to tell them what I think and not, you know, I'm not going to steer them the wrong way. I'm going to tell them what, what's best for them and, and not be like, oh, don't do this because I want to sell a paddle to that person or I want to give a clinic in that town. I'm always going to tell them. So I have a lot of friendships in pickleball, but then there are a few friends that I've, I've gotten really, really close to that if I did not play pickleball, they would still be a big part of my life. And, you know, Matt Wright, Lucy, there's this kid called Zane. I don't know if you've heard of this kid, Zane. 
He's, he, he plays singles. He's a young guy. But anyway, him and I play doubles all the time. You know, Rick Woodskin. Just, I could just keep, you know, naming so many players. Brian Pointer. I mean, I, the, the list list goes on. Steve Deacon. And then you, you, you hate this. You, the, the bad part of naming people is you feel like you're going to leave somebody out. Then I don't want Jay DeVillers calling me and be like, how come you didn't, you, you didn't mention my name, you know, or Deckel Bar or somebody. But there's so many guys that you talk to on a daily basis. But if, if, if it wasn't, if, if I wasn't playing pickleball, they would still be a big, big part of my life. Right. And, and I do know Zane. He's a great guy. He was actually one of the first pros I think I interviewed for the Pickleball Fire podcast. So it's, it sounds Wait, like Zane's he, a pro. He is. I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> I know. I mean, he's got a good smile. He's a young guy. He runs around a lot, but I, I'm not sure. I, you need to see Zane play mean skinny singles. And then you can tell, you can, you decide who's the real pro. <laughs> ah, okay. I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out. Maybe there's something on YouTube I can watch. <laughs> oh, he doesn't post that. He posts like when he hits great shots and stuff and ATPs, but I don't think he posts anything about Zane and all top playing skinny singles. That's that footage you'll never see. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it is interesting though, because I mean, you know, like you said, Zane's a young guy and you're, you know, in your, can I say probably what? I think I read late 40s or something like that, but it still sounds I'm like the you're... best 47 year old lefty in pickleball. Come on, Lynn, you know that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But I mean, you are still competing at such a high level. And I know you and you and Rick had a pretty good run there in the, the uh, split age group because he's what just turned 50 and you're 47, right? Yep. Yep. We were, you know, I've always said that, you know, the top 25, 30 players in the world, you know, under 50, you know, I'm the oldest guy, you know, Deacon is like a year younger than me, you know, then Matt Wright is next in line, right? And of course, Dave is above 50 now, but Dave was right there, you know, so, so you know, the, the three, four of us are, are in our 40s, you know, playing all these young guys, you know, Zane and Ben Johns and all these JW, and I mean, these guys are just incredibly talented players just coming out of every day, there's a new, new, new guy, right? Rob Nunnery, I mean, these guys are just coming out of, you know, like, where do they come from? Like, you know, Gabrielle Joseph, you know, they're just there. And I always say, that's one. I'm a dad with three kids. I don't know how many other guys over there have three kids. And I got a full-time job and pickleball is something I do on the weekends. And so, but, but I think my tennis background, my competitiveness, and just knowing what I can and cannot do is, is what at least keeps me around when I com- and then helps me to compete because I, I, you won't see me trying stuff like, you know, there's just certain shots I'm just not going to try. There's certain things I'm just not going to do. You know, I'm not going to be like Pat Smith and take a ball at my ankles and roll it with all kinds of spin. I know what I can do and I want to do it to the best of my abilities. And I want to create all kinds of openings for my partner because I can't put a ball away. I mean, I could, you know, it'll take me 10 times to put a ball away where Zane or Matt Wright will take the same ball and, and blast it for a winner. So, and Rick and I have a lot of chemistry together. We practice a bunch together, but we just have a, we have a great relationship off, off court. And I get Rick and I just, I, I just, Rick and I are very, very close. And, and, and the chemistry is, and I told Rick that morning, I said, Rick, today we will beat teams that are way better than us. But they won't be teams. There'll be two guys on the other side that are amazing and way better than us. But as a team, we're going to be better than better than them today because we played together. And and, and on a split age where you're playing with somebody that you don't always play with, I go chemistry 
and heart. Chemistry and heart is going to win. Nothing else. So I go, just battle with me all day and we'll win. And, you know, we didn't win the gold, but at least we finished third. Yeah, nice finish on the podium. So that does bring up another question because, you know, obviously you play pickleball, you do things in the community around it. But I wanted to ask you, what do you think is your greatest accomplishment so far in pickleball? Wow, that's that's a tough one. I used to, all, I, I, I'll tell you two. I always told people when Beth, my wife, won a bronze medal at the U.S. Open in 2019, it was the greatest merchant family pickleball medal. I always said that. And it was a bronze medal. But I, just, I still remember she was playing on Zing Zang Court with her and Julie Manuel were playing Anna Lee and Stacey Townsend. And this is Zing Zang Court. You know, everybody there had come to see this young phenom, Anna Lee, play. They were so nervous. I was sitting, uh, you know, in the coach's box right there and literally felt like they, they, the paddle was going to fly out of their hands. They were so nervous. Their cheeks were red. And they battled so hard, almost won that match, lost like in a closed third set. And they got off the court and they were just drained because they'd given everything they had to not just choke. Okay. And two minutes later, they had to play this match. And then two, and then right after that, they had to play a really tough three set to get the bronze. Cause you know, you can't come back in the U S open after you lose. And they were just exhausted. And I, and I thought to myself, and I, I remember seeing everybody, that's the greatest pickleball accomplishment by a merchant right there. Now I think, so that's on court. That's, that, that's it off court. Just growing the sport. I, and I consider myself an ambassador. I probably introduced the sport to over 300 people. I don't, I, I, give clinics all the time. I teach pickleball and I never charge a dollar. This, this morning I drilled with a guy, you know, at 5.30 in the morning when people are driving through Owensboro, they call me and I'll, I'll play with them. I don't, you know, I, don't, I, I, I just like sharing the sport with, with, with other people and I help the community build a four-court outdoor facility. I'm very close to building a 16-court pickleball facility in Owensboro. That's my gift to the pickleball community of Owensboro. So yeah, just growing the sport is is, is probably my great, uh, greatest accomplishment. Now, and I of course, you know, Dave Weinbach asking me to come to Madison to play pickleball with him. You know, that, that's got to be in the top three, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier. But yeah, you know, I, I didn't realize that you taught that much because I'm trying to really figure out how you do all this. And, you know, you've got your full-time job. I mean, it must, you must be crazy. <laughs> well, I can tell you, if you have two minutes, I'll tell you my schedule. I wake up at three o'clock every morning, three o'clock. I wake up three ten. I'm having coffee three twenty five. I start my morning prayers. I get done at four ten. I go for a six mile run at four fifteen. I'm back home at five ten. I leave my house at five twenty and I'm drilling from five forty to seven ten, seven fifteen. I'm in the McDonald's drive through. I get two oatmeals with, you know, apples and raisins, come home, take the kids to school, come back. I'm at my desk. On top of the garage at 8 to 10. I go till 10, 10, 10, 30 to 11, 30 yoga, 12 o'clock. I go to church, noon mass, get out at 12, 35, work till 2, 30, pick up the kids at three, do activities with them. I'm in bed by eight o'clock. No, about, well, 8, 30, 8, 30 to 8, 35, but I'm so structured in my day. And that, that's the only way it, it works out. And I can tell you what I'm doing six weeks from now on a Wednesday morning at 10, 20. I can tell you what I'm doing. Wow. So, so with all that discipline, how does that translate over to the pickleball court? Because, you know, that's one of the most disciplined schedules I've heard anybody share before. 
Well, you tell me if, if you find somebody that's got a better, more disciplined schedule than me, let me know. I'd like to meet them. But go ahead. As far as pickleball goes, I live in Owensboro and there's 400 players. But a lot of them are good four or four or five players. So I drill with a lot of four, five, five or players. The, uh, on Sunday, I drill with the three, five. So people are like, uh, you know, they're like, wait a minute. And I go, well, this is pickleball. I can stand on the kitchen line and work on my dinks. I can hit my third shots. I don't need to get into hands battles. And I'll take two four O's or a four O and a three five. And I'll just go two on ones. And I'll just, they'll just wear me out. We'll dink for an hour and a half. And I'll feed them balls and they'll hit winners all day. And I'll stand midcourt and just dig it out. Just dig it out. I'll hit third shots. And that's what I do. So I like to play drill four days a week. And then I travel. I spend more money traveling to practice than I do traveling to tournaments. I'll get up in the morning at two o'clock, drive to Louisville, which is two hours away, airport, get on a 5 a.m. flight, fly to Chicago. John Sincola picks me up at the airport at seven, takes me to his, his the court that we play at. We'll play from nine to four. You know, Dave, John Sincola, myself and Zane, He'll drive me back to the airport or we'll have, you know, Jerry will play with us. Jerry who Jerry will drive me back to the airport. I get on a flight, fly back, get home. I'll get home at midnight and I'll spend like 340 bucks to play eight hours of pickleball. I mean, I'll fly to Madison. I fly to Wichita to play with Pat, Lucy, uh, I mean, Matt, Lucy, uh, Pat Smith, Jade DeVillers, Chris Heck. So I spend more money traveling to play pickleball than I do to tournaments. This past weekend, I got in the car at 4 a.m drove to Indianapolis, played three hours with Andrea Coop, Rick Witzkin, turned around, came back. I drove seven hours to play three hours. Wow. I, I do love your discipline and, and dedication. And uh, I don't want to keep you too long because I don't want to get you off schedule. But just let me ask one last question here. Which pickleball paddle do you use and why? I'm currently using the Onyx, uh, Onyx Premier. And, you know, the, 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 the short answer is Matt Wright told me it's a good paddle. So I, I started to use it. But no, it's a great paddle. I was there when Matt and Lucy were helping create and, and, and design that paddle. And, you know, he took so he was so detailed about it that I mean, like I always told, I told Matt, I said, Matt, your pickleball legacy is not going to be how many U.S. Opens you win or how many titles you and Ben win or what you and Lucy do. It's going to be that paddle. The amount of time you're spending on that paddle, you're going to be remembered for the paddle, not for your game. And I absolutely love that paddle. And Onyx is headquartered 40 minutes from my house. And, you know, when I first started to play in my first tournament, they came up to me and said they wanted you know, me to be an ambassador, give me a couple of free paddles. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply, deeply, you know, loyal to them. And they've done a lot for me. So... Well, great. Then I just wanted to say thank you so much. This has been actually such an interesting podcast interview. I do appreciate your time. And I guess I should just say, if anybody is going through Owensboro and would like to get a hold of you, how, how can they reach out? Oh, you know, they can send me a message, you know, messenger. I mean, however, they, they, I think if you go places to play in, in, you know, on one of those apps, my name pops up. I mean, you can call me at on my cell phone, you know, 314-973-0898. I'm happy for anybody to call me on my cell. And I will try to make sure you have the single best experience when you when, when you come through. And all, the, all I can tell you is, please don't call me and tell me, hey, I'm 25 minutes out and I'd like to play in the next half hour. That might be a little bit tough because 
you know, I'm fairly organized, as you can tell. So if you give me three to four days a week, I'll make it a great experience for you. All right. Well, that's great. And thank you again, Altaf, for joining me today. Hey, Lynn, thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.